Spring is in the air at Global Voice Broadcasting. Fresh new shows are hitting the airwaves every day. Shows about all the things that matter to you in your life. Music, fashion, celebs, and more. It's all here, and it's getting better every day. Only at Global Voice Broadcasting. Welcome to another episode of All Over Voiceover with Kip BH. I am Kip BH, your host, and I want to welcome to uh, to the studio uh, my good friend, the lovely, the talented Dave Fenoy. Dave, thank you so much I, for joining us. I love the lovely part. <laughs> thank you, you so much. You're Aww. a lovely person. You're a lovely man. <laughs> All of it. Thanks, Kiff. You bet. I should start calling you Cliff, you know, just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that Cliff Vanderwetz. Yeah, name. yeah. I, I played a character, Cliff, on Richie Rich. Ah, so there the character's you go. Cliff. And, uh, and, and. Did it confuse you? you know, Never confused uh, me. Director coming in. Kip, uh, Cliff, uh, yeah, uh, no, Kip. No. You just kind of accept it. You just kind of like, all right, all right, there that's fine. It's, uh, it's all good. You call me call me whatever you need to call me. Just call me. Just call me. That's <laughs> yeah, exactly right. We've known each other for I, I, for a while. I mean, for a while. you know, it's 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 funny. Uh, a lot of times you meet people and you don't really, you know, you you meet them a few times, especially in our business. Yes. Uh, voiceover work has become a very singular uh, endeavor. Mm. Uh, you know, we're in our home studios. If right. you're doing a lot of video games, uh, like we do, yes. Most of the time, you're working by yourself. Yeah. Uh, the only times we tend to run into each other are conventions. Somebody's party, that right. kind of thing. Uh, so um, we we did a, a, a couple of shows a, a while back, and I think that was the first time I really got to sit down I and talk so. with you. so. You know, we, we hung out at Pat Duke's one time there and talked go. in the pool and hung out, which was great. <laughs> it's always a, it's such a Hollywood way to meet. Well, oh, we yeah. were over at Pat Duke's pool party. Oh, yes, actually. It was hey, fabulous. Uh, was, uh, with my mimosas and whatnot. Um, but, yeah, we did Brandon Jones' uh, GT Live uh, podcast. There you go. There you go. And uh, just and I did some commercials with his wife. Oh, with Amanda. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. She was one of my guests. Yeah. Uh, and she was great. We did some McDonald's commercials, and oh, uh, she was just fantastic. That's awesome. It's such a – I mean, I, I love how how the community is – there is so much overlap, and you get to work with so many different people, and there's all these wonderful places where you intersect. There's something about voiceover people. Mm. I find that, you know, well, uh, when you get into the on-camera world – I know a lot of wonderful people in the on-camera world. Don't get me sure, wrong. Sure. But you – also run into that, that well you know I'm I'm an actor and right. you're not an actor or perhaps you're an actor but you're not an actor like I am an actor right um, people are I think in voiceover are much nicer much more willing to uh, share information and just be yeah. real with you I find that too I was it was even interesting my wife had mentioned to me that she was working with some with some New York stage actors uh-huh. And one of one of them made some disparaging comment about voice actors being head talkers. They're like, oh, they're just they're just they just talking to the microphone. That's not real craft. And and yeah, and to hear where they at, man. I'm yeah. Where they, come I here, know. come here, and say that to my face. That's right. <laughs> uh, you know, our point back was kind of like, look, yeah, I, I get it. I understand why you might have that perspective, but there's we, we get the advantage to create this spectacular world. 
you know, in places where you wouldn't normally do that. In your street clothes, behind glass, staring yeah. at five people. And we don't need no stinking costumes right. to make the character come to life. You know what I'm saying? That's exactly right. I don't need to be able to have a prosthetic I don't, need, I don't need no lighting guy, no makeup, no hair, because I got the great hair. All <laughs> I need is my voice, man. That's it. All you need is your voice. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you get started? Wow. Well, you know, uh, it goes back early. I was a uh, child actor in Cleveland on stage. No kidding. Yeah, there's a community theater. If you know a black actor from Cleveland, <laughs> he probably or she probably went to Karamu House. Uh, it was a community theater in Cleveland. Yeah, you've I know heard Karamu. of it. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and I took fencing and music and modern dance and acting, and I was in several productions there. When I went to high school, uh, went to a private boys' school, uh, Hawkins School at that time for boys. Uh-huh. Now it's coed. Okay. Uh, I was president of my theater society there and directed some plays and acted in some plays and went on to college as a theater major major and. Uh, Directed some plays and acted in some plays. Uh, Then I uh, went out on the road as a musician for some reason. No kidding. And I did that for a while. Uh, Went back to college in music. uh, Played uh, professionally for a few more years. And then discovered I wasn't going to grow up to be a rock and roll star after all. <laughs> was it was it the choice? That, were you playing jazz music then? Or were you... Sw- I was playing R&B mostly. Okay. R&B. Well, I, I kind of started, it was kind of a funky folk thing. It was just me and the guitars and writing songs. and Kind of a, like the late Richie Havens. Oh, yeah. Uh, kind of a thing. Um, uh, then into a jazzy and R&B thing. I, I played just about everything but country western. Sure. And, uh, but after I got married, had a kid, uh, and sometimes I was making money in music, sometimes I wasn't. Yeah. Kid needs milk. They don't care where it's coming from. Right. Uh, fool that I am, I went into radio. <laughs> and uh, fortunately for me, I found some success there. Uh, were you still Ohio-based then? Or no. Where, no, by you... I'd moved around so much. I yeah. had lived in Texas for a while. I lived in Minnesota for a while. Uh, I'd yeah. gone back to school in Washington, D.C. at Howard University, oh. where the president just gave the commencement address. Did he really? It was fabulous. Um, and uh, from there, moved to Northern California, uh-huh. where I began my radio career. Yeah. And... Um, I was fortunate enough to end up doing uh, mornings at uh, the number one music station in the Bay, KSOL 107.7, working under the name Billy David Ocean. Billy David Ocean? (laughs) That's great. No, that's not great. It's awful. It really is awful. Why do you you select a name like Billy David Ocean or what was... Well, there it is. I didn't select it. Oh, wow. My first night on, uh, my first job there at KSOL was overnights. Uh-huh. And uh, they had Dave Padilla and Dave Gilton. I don't know where Dave Gilton is now. Dave Padilla is still a really good friend of mine in uh-huh. the news department. And uh, he's doing Dave Gil- uh, Padilla uh, news at KCBS radio uh-huh. up in San Francisco now. Oh, wow. But... Um, the program director said, well, look, yeah, we got two Daves. The last thing we need is another one. So I became Billy Ocean. Then, after I'd been on the air for uh, about a year or so, Billy Ocean, Billy the Ocean, singer, yeah. came out. And, and I, yeah, I mean, yeah. We'll, we'll give it a few more bars. Now you in the same dream. Yeah, that's, that's nice. Okay, that's enough. All right, good, thanks. And <laughs> I, I got tired of the phone calls. <laughs> 
hey man, wow, I like your record. It's not my record. <laughs> but your name's Billy Ocean, dude. And I said, yeah, well, we just have the same name. Well, wow, how'd you get the same name, man? I said, what's your name? Fred Johnson. Fred, do you think anywhere on the planet there might be another Fred Johnson? <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so to cut out some of those phone calls, yeah. uh, I at that point I reinserted uh, uh, David into my name, Billy yeah. David Ocean. And uh, by that time, uh, Dave Gilton and Dave Padilla had left the <laughs> station, so it was okay. You can't just stop either. San Francisco, uh, we're going to take a moment to have a heart-to-heart, and I'm going to explain to you my name is not Billy Ocean. Yeah, no, just, I'm actually Dave Fenoy. Yeah. I've, I've been lying to you, San Francisco. And I, <laughs> fortunately, when I moved down here to do voiceover work, I said, you know what? This would be a really good time to mm-hmm. just own who I really am. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've been lying to you. It's it's Dave Fenoy. <laughs> what made that transition? What when when you, and and what was that transition like going from from radio and the style of radio into oh you know, the style of radio where you're talking like this all the time? Yes. Well, you know you have to learn to overcome that radio thing when you pick up a piece of copy because mm. you've been reading that sixty second copy that really is seventy seconds worth of copy. Yes. And it's phone numbers and percentages off this particular product, and you gotta tell them how to get to the store where they can save their money. Right. You just kind of um. You have to unlearn hmm. some of that or relearn a way to just get back to uh, a, a, a real voice. Hmm. And what I do now, and when I teach, and I get a lot of people that come out of radio want to do voiceover work, and the thing they always do is, oh, I, I've done hundreds of commercials. I know how to make copy sound good. Right. And you go, yeah, no, <laughs> nobody believes that, dude. Yeah. Um, you have to break them down and get them to understand that, that's acting too. Yes. That that you you really actually what you did was you took on an acting job as a an announcer, hmm. uh, and now it's time to add some other things. Uh, be able to just come back to uh, a more normal voice. Realize uh, most of us don't enunciate that clearly. Yeah. Um, we don't elongate each word so that every word is heard. And you just have to unlearn that. Uh, you, you still, you know, it, it's a little box there you can pull out to use from time to time. Yeah. But you just kind of have to unlearn that. And you transition into areas uh, that are more akin to radio announcing. For me, it was promos. Hmm. Uh, I did a lot of promos. Uh, I still do. Um, but I was a Disney Channel voice. I uh, did uh, promos for CBS TV Daytime, all their soaps, yeah. uh, ABC, a uh, lot of that kind of thing. I still do a lot of uh, in-show announce for awards shows and that kind of oh, thing. Oh, great. So there, there's some parts of being a disc jockey that you can kind of transfer yeah. into some other things in voiceover. And it's got to help you too in the live read stuff where you're doing an event like like, you know, an award show where yeah. you've got to be able to pronounce pronounce not only do the names Not only pr- the, pronounce but not pronounce. Not only pr- pr- pronouncing yeah. pronouncing the different Oh, that's and pr- that's presenters. That's one of the toughest things about live it. announce is one it is live announce you don't get a, a second chance. Um, and knowing how to pronounce all the names of all the people that are coming up, you know, yeah. and it, whether it's a music show or uh, it's TV stars or movie stars or, God forbid, 
uh, the Olympics. Oh, boy. <laughs> I never even thought about that, but yeah. Every four years, I just feel really bad for the sportscasters <laughs> that have to... Here's... Uh... <laughs> yeah, and here's... Uh, uh, are there any vowels in this name? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you can be all like, you can be all American about it or some other thing. But yeah, at the yeah. end of the day, it's like, I want to honor these people and yeah. I want to, yeah. I want the event to go smoothly. Yeah. And, and you know, yeah, you want, you definitely want to say their names correctly and you or as close as you can. I just emceed an event for the Society of Camera Operators, and it was I was on stage and introducing, and most of the names were easy, but there were a couple where I walked around for the better part of the day before. Scratching like just, your head. Yeah, and yeah. finding, like I found, one of them was Johan Griffith, who's the actor on the in the Fantastic Four. He played Mr. Fantastic oh, yeah, in yeah. the previous series, and his name is spelled I-O-N-E. I was like, ah, do you pronounce? And I ended up finding a clip on Jimmy Kimmel where he explained the whole thing to Jimmy about how to do it. I'm like, ah, sweet, found it. Yeah. And then, <laughs> thank God for the internet. I had a gig oh, like that. This was a narration, uh, and it's still running from time to time on uh, Science Channel uh, when Earth erupts. And it's all about earthquakes and volcanoes and that kind of thing. And you remember the volcano a few years ago that went off in Iceland? Yes. And kept planes out of the sky for a week? Uh, well, I had to pronounce the name of that. And if you know anything about Icelandic, it's really hard to pronounce. Yeah. And even when you read it, when you see it written out, it doesn't sound anything like you might think it would sound. Yeah. I had to go online and find a clip of this Icelandic woman talking about that volcano uh, she was on the Today Show. Wow. A- and uh, is the name of the volcano. But it, if you were trying to say it phonetically from the spelling, yeah. <laughs> oh, no way. No way. And uh, I re- remember doing that before the gig, and I was like, oh, yeah, I got it, I got it. So, and, and, and I know the producer, he was thinking, oh, he's going to screw this up. I mean, <laughs> right. And I just nailed it. I just nailed. Then I screwed up a bunch of other stuff later on. But but you you earn it. <laughs> but you I... earn the right to screw up down the road. If I can come in here and and stick a pronunciation like that, yeah, it, yes, it's, the it's the greatest feeling ever. It's the greatest. Like I don't get. I don't. I don't have to dig ditches. I, but but I, what I do got to do is figure out how to pronounce that name properly. Oh, that's wild. But, um, when you. In in preparation, well, with with narration uh, in general, do you do you um, how do you prepare for stuff like that? Do you sit down with, I mean, now with the internet, but I mean, like, phonetically go through the script in advance, or do you sight read a lot of scripts? Or are you always like trying well, to prep it, as it much? depends on how soon you get the script. Generally, huh. you're getting the script a day before. Yeah. Uh, if you get it two days before, that's great. I like to read through the script once or twice and find those uh, words that might be problematic. Uh, also uh, discover, you know, people make mistakes, so discover where they've misspelled something or sure. the or the uh, tenses don't match or uh, that kind of thing so you can be clear. Um, and, you know, if you mouth it a few times, you kind of get the words in your mouth. Yeah. Uh, because we all speak a little differently, and you write one way, and somebody else writes another. And, gee, I would have put this phrase like that. So you, you want to make the words your own. So if you can get a chance to uh, read it over beforehand, great. And find those words. Right. Go on the Internet. How is this pronounced? And hopefully it's not one of those words that uh, is a detail or detail. 
Oh, yeah. Data or data? Ugh. <laughs> and it's fascinating how regional that stuff is too. Oh like, yeah. You know, if you're working with an ad agency that's out of you know Louisville, they're gonna yeah. they're gonna have or like even you know that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. I mean, that, but those nuts and bolts too are. It's I don't know. I'm I'm fascinated. That, that, that that's the boring stuff in our job. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> Let's talk about some exciting stuff. Well, how did you how did you transition into video games? What, what was what was that process from going from? You well, you know? know what I I came to LA in 1990. There really weren't jobs oh. for voiceover and video games at that time, or if there had been, they were very few and far between. Yeah. Um, in the early 90s, uh, I started doing uh, voiceover for video games, uh, some Lucas games. Uh, I was in a pod racer game and a bunch of other stuff, and uh, got to play Lando Calrissian. And, oh, man. Uh, but at the time, I didn't really realize where this thing, this video game thing was going. Hmm. Uh, and it just turns out that I thought of it as, oh, it's another animation gig. You know, I'm on some cartoons, and these are, these are, more, these are yeah. cartoons that people play on their computer. Right. Uh, but over the years, the video game industry grew and has continued to grow. And I was piling up credits that I wasn't even thinking about. Yeah. And a buddy of mine uh, about, oh, five or six years ago now sent me a demo of stuff I had done. I didn't even have a, a video game demo. Hmm. Uh, sent me a demo of stuff he had found on the Internet, on YouTube, little because the gamers post everything. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I go, wow, I forgot I did that. Oh, I was in that game. At that point, I'd been about in about 80 games and some of the biggest games in the world yeah. without really thinking about it. Uh, and shortly after that, the Walking Dead game came along. Yeah. And that kind of uh, took me from being the um, uh, character actor that you heard a lot but didn't know his name yes. to... Uh, Gave me a little star status. Yeah. Uh, and has, as the games have grown now, because they're growing exponentially. This is the, this is the biggest entertainment business in the world. Yes. Uh, remember when Star Wars, the new Star Wars came out? Mm-hmm. And everybody was excited because it made a billion dollars in 12 days. There have been four or five games that did that in a day. Yeah. Wow. So It's uh, staggering. It is staggering. It is staggering. And for some reason, our media pays very little attention to the video game industry. Yes. It hires a ton of people, not just voice actors, uh, but the animators, the programmers, the musicians, right. uh, the artists, and on and on and on and on and on. Uh, it, it's it's quite an undertaking. It's so vast, and I think I, I think to a certain extent, the media just simply doesn't understand how vast it is. And it's kind of like if the the people in the media would go home and look at what their kids are doing, yeah, they would they would understand how many copies just of these games oh. are just sitting on top of their desktops underneath their folded over New York Times. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but kids, you, you, that's another thing. We we uh, it's a misconception. Uh, that it's kids playing. That's Fifteen true. years ago, it was kids playing. The average age of a video game player now is about 35. Wow. And they've been playing for about 15 years. And wow. we used to think a uh, pimply, uh, plump kid. Uh, well, now maybe pimply, plump kid, but uh, there's some pimply, plump women in there, too. Yeah, actually. Right. <laughs> Boy, did that come out wrong. 
Uh, yeah, you can you can send your tweets to me. I'll I'll take it. I'm sorry. What I'm there, trying there to also say. also some absolutely pure skinned. Yes. Uh, <laughs> they don't all have pimples. They don't all have pimples, and they're all. And not they're plump. not all plump. You come however you come to it. You pick up that controller. You play how you do you. Uh, you do. That but I, 50% of, of, of gamers now are women. My wife is a huge gamer. And, there you go. And she is, we're both in our mid-40s. Yeah, and, there you go. And, and I play more platform games and more, and and the stuff that matters to me, like I've been chewing on The Witcher 3 now for most of the year, just slowly yeah, picking yeah. away at it. But like, it's absolutely true. And then the, the misconception, as you say, like my daughter is playing what we play. Exactly. And she'll pick it up and, and noodle with it. But for the most part, she's watching other media. She's taking different things in. And and she'll be interested. Your daughter is what? She's nine. Nine? Yeah. She's going to be interested in other things just like, you know, any nine-year-old. Is, oh, God, that's what dad is playing. Uh, uh. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm going to play that. <laughs> dad, can I have the Kardashian game? Right. And that's another big game. Oh, man. God save us. That's right. <laughs> the, there was a, there's like a little app. It's like you get to choose different fashions. For, for, <laughs> I know. It's and so, it's, uh, it's, it's amazing. We're all going to hell because of the Kardashians. <laughs> oh, man. Well, with the, with, with the Walking Dead experience and, and, and you know, that, that had to be, as a, as, you know, as a character actor, you, you get to do, you pop in, you do a bit. Yeah. And, you know, you take the given circumstance, the action, et cetera, and you, and you bring in there. When you take the journey of a character likely from from the first frame of the game to the to the end of the first season, what uh, how did you approach that? Did you know did you know the scope? Uh, you know, I did not. When I first got it, I was very happy to get the part uh, because the audition sides were so good and it was The Walking Dead. Yeah. And which is one of the most iconic properties out there now. This is on the same level as Star Wars and right. and Marvel and DC Comics. Uh, this is this is just deeply embedded in our culture. And anytime you can be a part of something like that, it's it's very special. Mm. Um, so I was happy to, to to get the part. But within the first twenty minutes of the first session. I knew it was very, very special. This was mm-hmm. a script like nothing I'd ever had before. I didn't have to do any crazy voices. This was not a creature. It was not uh, a bad guy. It was just a guy. Yeah. Um, and there was a lot about this guy that reminded me of me. Um, if I weren't doing this, I'd probably be a history professor someplace. Mm-hmm. He had been a college professor who you know, found his wife cheating, killed them, and he was on his way to prison when the zombie apocalypse freed him, introduced him to this little girl who, uh, by saving her, he redeems himself. Yeah. Very human story, yeah. uh, which is one of the things that makes uh, The Walking Dead world so successful. Uh, the zombies are there. They're, they're a constant danger. But the drama's really about interacting with yeah. the survivors. Yeah. Uh, so I loved it. I, I loved it, and just like almost every other game, uh, you're working by yourself, but I was so affected, uh, I got the director to uh, invite everybody to dinner. We were working on uh, episode four, I think, mm. and um, I got the got them to invite everybody, because I wanted to meet who these great yeah. voice actors were 
that I was sharing this game with. Yeah. And uh, we had a great time. And we're still friends. Awesome. Um, and it, it it's one of the, the best working experiences in my life. Oh, man. And, and that, you know, as, as a testament to the fans and the legacy of the game also, I mean, you – you just get a sense of the impact of how it how it felt to tell that story and to immerse yourself in it, and and, and you know a lot of times my my sister's a doctor and I used to tease her oh you've got the important job I'm just having fun, but when you start going to conventions and people come up to you and let you know what the game meant to them and what the relationship between Lee and Clementine meant to them how it touched them how it somehow improved their lives. Uh, I had a young woman come to me. She had a son who was uh, uh, autistic in some way, and mm-hmm. sometimes he would add fits. Mm-hmm. And she said, the only thing that calms him down is hearing your voice is Lee. And it's like, uh, you know, how do you take that? Yeah. You know, it's just, wow. So every now and then I, you know, I'll do a little yeah. Lee thing and, and send it to some oh, little that's, MP3. That's fantastic. Um but in video games now, uh, we are taking on some of the same kinds of uh, roles in people's hearts as our TV and movie stars. Yeah. Um, you know, this geek society, this geek world, these nerds, they want to know who we are and what we're all about. And they can, they'll tell us more about us than we know about us. You know, it's really interesting, Dave. I had, I had uh, Carol Kimball on. Ah. Uh, just the other day. Great casting director. She's wonderful. And she said she said to me, she was like, after listening to your demo, I, I know this about you and this about you and this about you and this about you. And my reaction to that was, Carol, I've, I've met you six or seven times I've come into your office. We haven't really hung out socially, but you described me to myself yeah. in a really strange and personal way. And it was neat and cool, but also at that same time, you think scary. about it a little bit. And as performers, you know, we're bringing our own life experience yes. and oh, our own, oh, you know what I mean, oh, to these oh. characters. And and here you are, you lay, your, and you know, the emotional. Excuse me, excuse me for this. It's like, if you are a, 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 an aspiring voice actor, what he just said, take that in. Take <laughs> that in. Yeah. Yes. You bring so much of your personal experience to it. Your loves and your fears and your passions, and your worldview. Absolutely, and you pour it into this thing. Yeah, and and it's and and the people who receive it, you know, you think about just because of the nature of the immersion of it, it just completely overwhelm. You know, over it's overwhelming. And then you know, but you do the session, the check clears, you go on to the next thing. I don't, I don't think about that, that capture of that emotional content. No. You know what well, I mean? you, well, you don't. Um, what you do do is you, you, you take a script and you translate it through yourself and your own mm-hmm. world experience and, and whatnot. So how you would do it and how I would do it and anybody else is going to be different. Yeah. Uh, if we're playing a bad guy, still a bad guy, but different. Good guy, good guy, but different. Uh, scared yeah. guy, whatever it is, uh, it, it, there's something – in your voice print, in your yeah. emotional makeup, and uh, yeah. all the things that that make you, because of your experiences, that comes through that you don't really have anything to do with other than you lived. Right. Oh, that's great. 
yeah, these experiences in our life create, like, just you mentioning, like, the bad guy, for example. Perfect. His, we all know that his desire is to conquest the world. But the way you would go about doing that versus how I would do that, what little tiny variants are the differences that make those lenses focus? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like a lightsaber in my head. Well, you, know. you know, it's funny. Uh, um, I teach uh, at specifically right now voice acting for video games. And I've mm-hmm. been around the country and London and whatnot. About to do it in, in uh, here in Los Angeles. At Bang Zoom, right? At Bang Zoom on Magnolia the weekend of uh, June 10th. Uh, the Saturday and Sunday workshop and a an evening talk and Q and A on on Friday. Awesome. But one of the things uh, that I believe and teach is you really have to get in touch with yourself, your own feelings. But what is your character thinking? What is your character doing? Who's your character talking to? Um, what did I say? Uh, thinking, feeling, doing. Who he's talking to and what's that relationship? Hmm. And if you, that's kind of a shorthand for me yeah. uh, to, to how this line goes. And the other thing is don't try to make the words uh, feel a certain way by how you say them. Make them feel a certain way by how you feel. Oh, wow. And just let that come out. Yeah. You know, uh, and I know in VoiceOver 101, you, you know, oh, I want to tell you this wonderful story. about. And you're like, ah, stop. Just say it. Yeah. You have to trust that you're, that the way you're emanating those lines. Yes. I, I was saying to some students the other night, like this, the words, in a way, words don't matter. Words words are a, a, a train that, that you've fill with the emotion and the emotion is being delivered because the emotion is too big so you got to pack it into a little train to carry we should be on camera your face is so fantastic <laughs> right now kiff <laughs> if you could if you could see kiff's face right now and how into what he's saying he is it, but this is actorship but it, this that's is, right this is actor stuff that's and, right and 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 we get into it like that uh and that's one of the things oh and, and this is why you work this is why you work. This is why you're a good actor. Uh, because anybody that is, interest, is listening that is interested in voiceover, take this in. Forget the words. Mm-hmm. Play the phrases. Yeah. And how you feel. Don't try to make, oh, I'm going to make it go up here and down there. I'm going to hit this word. Forget all that. Yeah. If you just play the phrases and how you feel, those places where you really need to hit those words, it'll just come in. It'll surprise you where it comes in. You may not know. You can't plan that. Uh, and that's, that's not to say with a lot of things you do want to make some plans for how this is going to go. But once you do, release and let it happen. Yeah, that's the truth. I, I love it when a piece of copy hits me emotionally. Yeah. And and you find yourself, like, choked up in the moment trying to get the words out, and and and, and it just surprises you. But yeah. like the emotional content is there, and you know, it, 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 I think I think the importance uh, for 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 any endeavor is to, uh, especially and you know, we talk all the time about do what you love, do what makes you passionate, do what that kind of thing. But like to be able to. Uh, to be able to share your excitement, passion, joy, sorrow, pain, etc., 
with the world in a in a safe context in a way yeah. that lets people know that they're not alone. Yeah. It's it's a it's a powerful and, thing. And that's what art is all about. Yeah. That is what art. Yeah, it's funny and I've told this story before and uh, stop me if you heard this. <laughs> uh, but doing the the goodbye scene uh, between Lee and Clementine, um, I knew I was supposed to be emotional. But when I did it, because this is, you know, we did uh, five episodes of this game, and it took about a year to do. Yeah. So I'd been living with this character for just about a year. Um, and that episode and that goodbye, I... Actually, I was supposed to cry. Yeah. I was going to fake it. But the real tears came. The real feelings came. Yeah. Because I had been living with that character for so long. And I, in my heart, I believed in who I was. Yeah. And, uh, and the real tears came out. And they were videotaping and, and whatnot. And it doesn't get any better than that as an actor. Yeah, I agree. Uh, when, when the lines you're reading are really touching your soul. Yeah. It's a... It's a <laughs> Dave's crying again now, for real. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's the image just came to me of of the, sort of the Matrix in a way that when you're telling this story, and you're in that moment telling that story, whether it's a three minute scene or a or a you know, a, it's a little bit easier when it's dramatic, I suppose, to a certain extent because it's ah, it doesn't matter, whatever. There, there's there's a there's an element where there's the real life, and then you step into that character, and you've created this reality, and it's a virtual reality that people will participate in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Lee says goodbye to Clementine, and it's overwhelmingly emotional, and everybody is going with you on that journey. But then the scene is over, and you step out, and you collect yourself, you have a drink of water, you use the bathroom, you shake hands, you do what you do, and you're Dave Fenoy driving back up the 405. And, and wondering, yeah. Do you get this? I still get this. When the gig's over, there's a little sadness. I was oh, so happy to do always. it. And it's, damn, is it over already? Always. And, I mean, I've been doing this in L.A. since 1990, and that feeling has never. I'm just as excited every time I get the call or now email or text from my agent. That, sure. Oh, you're booked for such and such on such and such a day. Yeah. Can, can you make it? Uh, I'm just as excited. Oh man, ah, yeah, I'm working. I'm, I'm working. working. I'm a working actor. I and, did it. I and when it's odds. done, and when it's done, it's like, oh, oh shoot, yep. that was so much fun. Well, bye everybody. Uh, Tremendous sadness. Yeah. I, I uh, especially like, especially when it's way shorter than you anticipate. Oh yeah. Yeah, when, and, when, which I bet happens a lot with you because it happens a lot with me. When sure. you've been doing this for a while and you're good, it doesn't take that long. They book you for four hours. You're done in two, and you're like, oh, uh, okay, I don't I get to play time. anymore. I guess I'll go to Amoeba and walk around for a while. Amoeba's a wonderful <laughs> record store in Los Angeles. Uh, but, like, I'll, I absolutely feel that way. And, you know, I – I even I feel it frequently with auditions too, like an audition for a character that uh, I, I may not get to play, but I, it came to me. Yeah. I, I, I and and for that moment in time, yeah. you know, I go in the booth and I'm that character yeah. for a minute. And even if I like, okay, well there that goes. You let that go, and maybe just maybe I'll get to play him again for real. But like, it's still even the audition context. It's still for. It has to be for real, and that. Uh, there have been a few great actors who uh, have pointed out that the thing as an actor to do is to act, 
no matter what it is, uh, if it's on stage, little movie, yeah. TV show, uh, theater someplace, you just want to act, you just want to uh, do your craft. And for us, that more often than not happens at home auditioning. Yeah. And that actually is our real job. That's exactly Is to right. audition. Because once we get the gig, it's like, yay, we're having fun. I'm Woo-hoo! paid whether they're going to use it or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, but, yeah, the, the work is the audition. Yeah. Without a doubt. And and uh, I was – I don't know if I'm – I don't know. Maybe you, you, you teach – we're friends. What's your point of view on this? I, I tell, especially beginning actors, be, people who are beginning their journey into voiceover. Um, even if they're in a place where they're they're not in the union yet, like I, I start. You, you, it's I mean I learned this craft in a way like on the job. I mean I started doing. Oh, we all do. Message. You know what? Yeah, absolutely. I mean you can take a class here or there, but ultimately you're really going to work on the job. And if the job starts in your closet, and that's really the job, get training without a doubt. But while you're training, don't just not audition. Like figure out how you can get your hands on stuff and go after it. Is that well, well it's easier now than it ever has been. Right? Uh I mean, when I started, you had to be in New York, Chicago, LA. You had to have an agent. Uh you had to be in a union. Yep. Uh nowadays, uh for better or worse, we have the pay-to-play sites. Yeah. Uh, I have run into people who are getting their careers started on Fiverr of all places. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and and on one hand, Fiverr, you know, you're lowering the cost of our work and blah 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 blah. But on the other hand, you got to start somewhere. Uh, and if they're using that as a starting place to move on up and get good, okay, I, you know, I get who, who am I to who am I to, to argue with that? Right. Uh, but there are so many more opportunities now for voiceover work. Yeah. Uh, the e-learning, the audio books. Uh, even the telephonic where you're, I mean, people need somebody. Thank you for calling XYZ Company. Right. Your call is very important to us. That was how I got started. If you know the number, if you know the name of the person you're trying to reach. <laughs> dial one. Dial one, yeah. Dial seven. And it was 25 bucks a script, and it was in Toledo, Ohio, a company called Business Voice. They may still be there. Ah! And that was... But uh, it was it was it was scratch. It was gas money. It was a way to start, and it was time behind a microphone. And there you it go. didn't matter what I was saying. It was a matter of trying to find a way to break in. I had a uh, a gig TV twenty in San Francisco, uh, doing promos for the station. Twenty as many as you could do in an hour. Twenty five bucks for the hour. <laughs> <laughs> I was also there was a thing megaphone that was in the nine seven six numbers we're in. This is all in the eighties. Uh-huh. Some of my first gigs, and I was the voice of the Prince Hotline and the Michael Jackson Hotline. What? Yeah. So yeah. what? What would people people would call the hotline to like get updates? They didn't call anything. I gave updates. You know, because mm. this is things weren't that interactive then. So it was like, hi, welcome to the Prince Hotline, man. Prince is doing this, and he just released that, and we heard he's gonna be on tour here. So you know, chat. And you know, once yeah. a week I was in giving Prince news, and once a week I was in giving Michael Jackson news. And being this kind of character, man, it was like, whoa, dude, it's so cool. Don't you want to be there? That's awesome. I remember those, like, the, they'd run a 30-second ad saying, you want to get updates on Prince? Or it would be in the back of a magazine yeah. of, like, yeah. you know, yeah. you know, yeah. whether it was Teen Beat or probably not. Uh, who knows, man? Like, uh, insane. Insane. The crazy stuff, man. 
It's the most fun, though. I and I love teaching. I've been teaching a little bit more uh, lately, and I, I I just love watching lights go on. Let, let me let me ask you this: yeah. Do you also find that when you're teaching, you're reinforcing in yourself what it is that we should be doing? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think I, I think it's because so much of this can be a real confidence game as well as a head game too. Yeah. Like when oh, you're. Yeah. You know, especially the more and more that you, you, you send in auditions from home, yeah. you know, where you're not necessarily getting directed. It's I think there's a real value in going into a room with a bunch of folks who are interested in learning about this or even stuff like this podcast where yeah. just reconnect yeah. and you go, am I am I doing the right thing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're saying the same things. OK. OK. Just want to make sure. And, 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 you know, it's funny. Be, uh, uh, I get people that ask me things like, well, what's the secret? And it's like, dude. It's not a secret. It really is not a secret. Yeah. There are a lot of uh, good teachers out there. There's some people out there that have no business teaching as sure. well. But it these aren't secrets. You know, no. sometimes uh, the difference between this teacher and that teacher, they're uh, working in a genre that you're interested in, or they speak a language that you understand as opposed to uh, that next teacher who the way they give it to you, you don't quite get. Right. It's it's like directors in a way. Some directors are real X's and O's guys, and some guys are like, man, I just need you to put a little bit more cinnamon in it. Can you do that for me? <laughs> and then you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but the guy but and you but you've got a direction like that, yeah. and you go yeah. and and then and then your job is to go. I know exactly what yeah, you're let asking. Me, let for. me translate that. Let yeah. me see if I can make that work <laughs> for you. Cinnamon, huh? And put a little bit more cinnamon, so I'm gonna put a little more spice in there. And yeah, then they, like, that's what I was like. That's why. That's why we book you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and you're like, okay. Oh, and teachers, it. and teachers are the same way. Like some teachers will, will absolutely resonate with you, and and not with other people in the room, and and vice versa. And I find myself repeating myself a lot in a class, but I'll say things five different ways, covering bases. Well, not only that, but repetition is how we learn, so you mm. you got to repeat yourself anyway. That's good. Um, and, oh, jeez, I had a thought, and it gone. It'll come back, man. Yeah. Come back, little thought, come back. <laughs> <laughs> I hate when that happens, but it happens for you. I'm sure it'll, it'll circle back around. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When, three um, o'clock this morning, I'll call you. Three, <laughs> perfect. I'll patch you in. <laughs> What's been um, what what's what's been some of the first off as as a video first off here we are forty minutes into the podcast I'm asking my first question, uh what what's your strategy for getting your voice back after a really vocal vocally stressful session? Do you uh, have not talking, hmm. uh just resting it. Yeah. Uh, definitely not trying to whisper, which is one of the worst things you can do when your yeah. voice is. I've heard that, and I always it just seems counterintuitive. But it's. Do you know why that is? Um, because you're you're putting so much pressure uh. on by restricting your airflow uh, through those cords. So uh, don't try whispering. Just shut up. Mm. And uh, if you're doing video games and some animation, uh, those, those times that you have to shout a lot of things. Uh, Die a dozen different ways. Uh, you're you're going to damage your voice, yeah. and you just have to rest it. I also like uh, you know tea, lemon, mm -hmm. honey. Uh, still works for me. Yeah. Um, keep your you know. Thanks for the big bottle of water. My pleasure. Hey man, that's what it's about. Uh, drink lots of water. But when when your voice is ragged out, just 
stop talking. Man, uh, I just started doing more warm-ups before sessions. Ah. And that really helped, too. So what are, what are some of your warm-ups? Uh, one is... One is yawning. You start by just yawning. Like really I do that enough every day. I'm so I find it relaxes my cords a little bit. But my my favorite one to do, like after going through like the sequence of like that kind of stuff, like lip rolls yeah. and that kind of thing, is uh, there's a it's a Broadway guy named Eric Arsenault or Arsenault. I forget exactly how he pronounces his last name. But but one of the things that he recommends is actually to do like vocal fry. So after sort of loosening things up, just I can't. Let me get right on the microphone and do this. Well, there it is. That's where it's living. So just kind of that soft, almost like cat purr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sort of breathing through it and taking it real easy, but doing it maybe for like ten minutes. I'll do it while I drive around. And the best part of it, while while Dave is demonstrating, the best part. <laughs> <laughs> It suddenly sorry. picked up. Gabe is in the other room going, why did I pick up that hum? Where's that, where's that hum? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everything was, I thought I had nuts. a pretty secure system here. Now I'm picking up this. <laughs> but the thing that I've discovered is like, you know that you know that rich, warm sort of like you, you have like a couple notes on the bottom of your scale Way in the morning. on the bottom of your throat. Bingo. Yeah. That, that area. I can now get that at 4 o'clock in the afternoon where normally I don't have that when I do that vocal fry. Yeah, well, I, I, I have that first thing in the morning. <laughs> that's that's about when I have it. I, and after about after two cups of coffee and a glass of water and and uh, an egg McMuffin, which I very rarely have because I can't have cheese. Uh, <laughs> and we just learned more than and we ever wanted go. to know. There you go. Just so you know, don't send me cheese. Oh, well, you know, I'm not a cheese guy either. Isn't that interesting? That is. I mean, I don't have a problem. I just, I don't know. Cheese doesn't agree with me. Once I stopped doing dairy, I found that I don't have as much phlegm. Yeah. 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 Along with being able to not be woken up in the middle of the night with const- uh, <laughs> far too deep. You know, it's a, a diet uh, has a lot to do with it. And I know there are a lot of uh, heavy guys that have great voices and do very well. But there, there's a, you know, we all uh, gain and lose that you know, same sure. 10 or 20 pounds. Of and course. when I'm up 10 or 15 or 20 pounds... I am not the artist I am when I'm down. Thank, I'm so happy to hear you say that. Not yeah. because that, uh, just because you, you like anything, if you're not really taking care of your instrument, like for me, it's sleep. If I'm not getting the yeah. sleep I need, yeah. you know, yeah. I'm just, I'm up playing one of these fantastic video games until one o'clock in the morning because I finally want some me time or yeah. just staying up late to edit something. Yeah. Yeah. It just compromises everything. And I guarantee the older you get, the more that affects you. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I try to stay in shape. I, I work out. I've got a couple of dogs. Mm-hmm. I walk them two or three miles every morning. Uh, I lift weights. Mm-hmm. Uh, I play tennis. I'm not getting on the tennis court as much as I should lately. But um, I really recommend people do something active. Even another thing, uh, too, it's, it's tough on us now in in voiceover because uh you become somewhat of a hermit yes uh, uh with your studio in the house and your agent sending you stuff and sometimes you find out you know there's so much last minute stuff yeah. you, you can be a little afraid to go out you know go too far away yeah uh, i was gonna get a last minute thing man and i gotta get back in the studio and be able to do- yeah but uh i would highly recommend that people um get out talk to people 
Yeah. Uh, take deep breaths. Run. Play. Yeah. Uh, talk to a kid. Talk to an old person. Uh, not only does it uh, just get you out of your head with oh, when's my next gig coming? What am I? Right. All, all that stuff that drives you nuts. Focusing on yeah. on your career. Uh, but you 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 take in life. You 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 meet people. Things that are going to bring. Uh, something else to your read besides just that room that you're stuck in. And it's so, so critical, especially when you circle back to some of the things we were talking about earlier about what you bring to your reads. Yeah. And that if you live in this hermit place and you and and you disconnect from from gen pop or from just people in general yeah. or family or whoever for the sake of availability. Yeah. That you you lose your ability, I think, in a way to to connect through your through yeah. your character work. Yeah, yeah. Who's out there? You know, you you, you got to talk. Basically, we are mirrors of people in this world, and even I don't care how fantastic the world is. Uh, there's going to be some humanness because that's what we humans. Uh, that's what we connect with. Yeah. So you got to connect with people. You, yeah. You've got to talk to people, you know, hear their story. Be surprised by uh, the way they're thinking and the, the things that affect them and how. And uh, because we're all different, you know, yeah. you, you, you know, you think a certain way. And then there are people that think Donald Trump is wonderful. So <laughs> right. Right. And and try to understand them and try to understand them. Yeah, man. Like even if it. I. I gotta. I, I I keep gathering friends on Facebook and uh-huh. then and then getting nervous about about people on one side of one issue and another issue and them fighting on my page because ah. that's not why I have a page and I, and I kind of refuse to unfriend just because even if you disagree I want to understand or I want to yeah. I, I don't want well, you know, some outside thing to split us apart. I don't unfriend unless you um, are just completely disrespectful. Yeah. Uh, I, I think people have different points of view, um, and how they got there, who knows. Right. Uh, but one of the things I learned early in life is uh, not everybody's going to think like you. Hmm. And sometimes, even though it seems like they're what they think is diametrically opposed to you, sometimes it's actually not. Uh, they would like to get to the same place you would like to get. Uh, I think politically, we all want our country to be a great country. Yeah. Um, where we disagree is is how we get there. Where we disagree sometimes is uh, how we view certain people within. You know, uh, yeah. the person that's not doing so well and maybe does need some help. I don't necessarily view as uh, you know. Uh, uh, blood sucker on the tit right. of of the government right. um you know we we are a society and uh especially i, I grew up in the christian tradition um mm-hmm. you know me too feed the hungry help heal, each other heal out. the sick help each other out yeah um and to some uh they feel like anybody in need is somehow a parasite or or the other part of that too that i felt uh was that I'm helping them by not helping them? Yeah. That that they need to find a way to work through it, and I'll support them in any way possible. But but ultimately, uh, give a man 
a fish eats today, teach a man to fish, and he eats for a lifetime. That that mentality to charity. Well, and but by the same token, um, teach him to fish, but until he catches that fish, you might have to give him some fish. That's great. That's that's a yeah, that's I, a I, great addendum to that I, too. I totally agree with teach a man to fish. Um, and wow, I had no idea we were going to go here. Yeah. But I was I was thinking about something uh, Hillary Clinton said, and uh, that she's been picked on. Uh, she was talking about uh, coal miners and coal country that these companies and these jobs are going to go away. Which she followed up with, but we have to uh, find other industries for these workers to work in. Mm-hmm. A lot of people got very upset with her um, about that. And the truth is, for the sake of the planet, those jobs, one way or another, are going to have to go away. Uh, and fortunately, we all are already well on our way uh, to having a, a uh, renewable energy society. Yeah. Solar's doing so much better than oh, people man. thought. Uh, wind is doing so much better. Uh, there are other new technologies coming on board all the time. Uh, Elon Musk, the Tesla car man. is going. The, the tube transportation is being experimented with. They're going to do it in, in France. They've decided yeah. to. And uh, they've got tubes in the desert here where they're going to yeah. try this 700-mile-an-hour <laughs> transportation system that's like, I don't know how it's going to work. Well, you know, we couldn't visualize the Internet in the Thank 40s, you. or we couldn't, or, you know, I mean, I know that they worked things out in the 50s with punch cards, but, yeah. you know, we're all carrying personal computers, and we're hamstrung with, bingo, and we're hamstrung without them. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I think, and this is the other part of all that stuff, and the yeah. resistance to, and I mean, I, I try to stay fairly apolitical and on the show, but who cares? I, I think that... The great thing is none of these technologies, no one's not making money. Yeah. I mean, come on. I, I mean, those those resources, the coal is in the ground, the oil's in the ground. It belongs to the planet. We're taking it. Yeah. Same deal with the water and the solar and the air. If we can figure out, if, if someone's yeah, but when putting you, a rivet in it, when you're take, when you're money. taking sunlight, when you're tra- you're not taking anything. Right. When you're uh, uh, using wind power, you're not taking anything. You're not That's polluting right. anything. Okay, maybe a bird will run into the <laughs> the wind power thing. Yeah. But uh, and but that's that's the direction the world is going in. Yeah. And uh, you know there was a time when oil and coal were uh, cutting edge. Right. They're just not anymore. Right. Uh, we it's been a long time since we used horses as a means of real transportation or buggies right. or uh, anything like that. Right. And you know the world is uh, world and innovation is going to bring us new things and hopefully better things because this yeah. this climate change is real just watch what the weather has been doing oh, just in this country this year yeah we're having more tornadoes than ever thanks to the fracking and it's not the fracking itself but the pumping of the water back into the ground in Oklahoma oh, the man. number and the power of the earthquakes is increasing on a, on a geometric level they've yeah. had more uh, 3.0 and up earthquakes this year than last year, Jeez. which was more than the year before, which was more than the year before. Um, unfortunately, 
when your finances, uh, when you're making money from this industry that's doing that, you you don't have uh, much of an incentive right. uh, to change things. Right. But the truth of the matter is we should be making our decisions based on what's best for all of us, not this particular country, this right. particular industry. I agree. I 100% agree. Speaking with with the thought of of either transitioning as new technologies emerge mm-hmm. and thinking in particular about about these little computers that we carry around and social media, how do you as a a voice actor I had a conversation with someone about this earlier today. It, like maintain a, a a social media presence, and how much do you feel that's important to your voice career? And is that something that, as someone is developing their voice career, in particular, given fan engagement, well, you know, kind of thing, you know communication is important in anything, and yeah. this is how the world communicates now. Yeah. So uh, I know there are some curmudgeonly old guys that are, oh, I don't want to have to do that. What, tweet? What's this tweet thing? Ah, right. yeah, yeah, forget this. I had right, a great right. career. My work speaks for itself. Yeah, that, those kind of, But right. how we interact with each other is different than how we used to interact with each other. And that will always be changing. Yeah. I mean, when the telephone uh, came into being, I mean, it used to be, you know, write a letter, send a note, um, go over to somebody's house, and then a, a time came where we could just call across the country. It cost a lot of money, but you could yes, you could is. make that phone call. Right. Um, well, now we're even more instant. Yeah. Uh, text messaging, you know, that has changed. Uh, how people communicate, and there are those who will complain that there are young people who don't know how to have a conversation thanks to texting. And that may be true, but uh, but this is how they communicate. Right. This is how they communicate. And how we're going to be communicating 10 years from now is going to be Completely different, different. Completely different. Completely. So it behooves us to, uh, you know, get with the technology and move along with this juggernaut that we cannot stop. We cannot change the direction of humanity. Uh, And you can be – the only constant is change. Yes. Uh, (laughs) And and, and it's interesting. I just wrote an article about this, uh, about – Constantly taking classes and re-upping and finding out about new things in voiceover. Yeah. Uh, and it seems uh, diametrically opposed to one another. The only constant is change. And um, the more things change, the more they stay the same. That's right. And the, 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 the change is how we do things. Hmm. The not change, the staying the same is as human beings – uh, we pretty much are staying the same creature yeah. that we are. Uh, yeah. How we communicate may be different, but we must communicate. Yes. Uh, we, we're going to touch each other's lives in one way or another. Uh, what, what instruments we use to do that, that's going to change. But yeah. in our business, uh, we want to be believed. Our, our reads need to be believable. Yeah. And however we get there, whether it's, you know, this microphone or another microphone. By the way, I just discovered a great new, well, they're not that new, uh, microphone, Latvia, Jay-Z microphones. 
Jay-Z just microphones? blew my mind. Jay-Z, I was up in San Francisco teaching, and Elaine Clark, who teaches up there, had one, and it was like, wow. Jay-Z is in 99 Problems, Jay-Z, or Jay-Z, well, it's, the it, letter's Jay-Z? The letter's Jay-Z. It's not his microphone. Okay. They're, they're made in Lutvia. Okay. Lutvia. Lutvia. He's in Lutvia, Jay-Z microphone. Microphone. What, what are they comparable to? Um, Neumann. Wow. Manly. Uh, they're, man, just great microphone. But anyway, Excellent. how did I get on that? Um, cycling back through. Let me rewind the podcast. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, the world, no, the, the world the, is constantly going to be the changing. The world is changing, and, and the, the thing that is the constant, as you said, is like our need to tell believable stories and to be heard and to communicate and to connect beyond what our instruments of communication allow yeah. us to do. And, and that one of those new instruments now, virtual reality. Oh, man. You know? Uh, have, you, have you played with that yet? Have I have seen played like the... with it. It's, it's amazing. Woo. I have gotten dizzy uh, on yes. roller coasters with those things. <laughs> because yeah. your mind doesn't know you're still just sitting in that chair. It's crazy. Uh, they've got uh, amusement parks now that are, you know, a quarter the size because instead of the roller coaster really going up and down, uh, there's a, 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 a series of seats uh, that are mechanical, and you got 15 people in those seats. Yeah. They put on the glasses, and what they see is one thing, and then the chairs just kind of go up and down a little bit, but not forward. And right, <laughs> and it's like Star Tours in that way. It's just, it's just personal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and uh, I for Christmas, my brother got us. We had like a five dollar limit. We did like super cheap. This year, like, you know, like, like, or 20 bucks, like go to World Market and get like a fistful of chocolates yeah. and a summer sauce <laughs> yeah. that you put in the stocking. But he got us Google Cardboard. Ah. And it was five bucks. And that thing, I, there's a, there's an app called, called VRVS, I think, something like that. But it's associated with the New York Times. And there was a music video by U2 on there that they produced. And these guys are always doing cutting edge stuff. But they produced a music video of one of their songs. And it was done in 360 degree VR. Wow. And it is spectacular. When you put the thing in, you put your phone inside the little cardboard deal. And, I mean, it's it. They're, they're, it's so powerfully immersive that it, it scared me a little bit. Yeah. And I, I have techno joy. And this particular thing was like. Techno joy. I'm stealing that from that. Eddie Izzard. I, I love have to that. give Eddie Izzard the best. I don't have, I'm not a techno fear. I have technophobia. I'm techno joy. Uh, I, I love it. And, and, and that. That scared me to the level of the immersion. Yeah. Like that, as a matter of fact, that's one of the problems they're having video games, scary video games, with uh, virtual reality. If you're in a movie theater, you have peripheral vision, mm. and, and your ears actually hear the other people around you as well as the movie, and it kind of centers you. It kind of grounds you in reality, even though these images are – even though you get a little scared. Yeah. You know, oh, I'm in, a, I'm in this movie theater. Yeah. When you put those glasses on and the headphones are on, uh, now all of that's gone, and people get more afraid. And uh, you know, they've got to worry about things like heart attacks. And yeah. uh, they're they're finding with with video games that are scary that they have to back off of how scary they make them because wow. people react more in virtual reality than they do in a movie theater. It is. It amazing. makes sense. Yeah. It's like, do you remember the movie Brainstorm? Oh yeah, with uh, Jeff Bridges and Natalie Wood. I think. I think that's right. It was that same thing or Strange Days. Like it's it's fascinating. Strange Days. Strange Ooh, Days. Oh yeah, classic. That's right. Uh, but I think virtual reality is going to change 
so much vacations. Oh, oh you can't afford to go to Greece. Oh, great. Well, Here. you know, put it on and, and away on. you go. That's right. And I love the idea that you, you know, when you look you up, you turn your head. It's it's reality. Oh, I turned my head and that's over there. I turned my head and that's over there. Um, but vacations, education, entertainment. There's a video of a woman painting a 3D object in uh, using, I think it's the HTC Vive. And she's using the two things and she's creating a three-dimensional sculpture using paint. And Sherry was looking at it yesterday, and it wow. was the first time I've heard her say anything positive about VR. She's kind of been like, "I don't, she gets too much screen time as it is. I don't want it in." It. So I'm like, "Okay," but um, just, just fascinating. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I think this is a, an exciting time uh, to live in the world. There's some scary things. Yeah. Uh, I just hope, uh, you know, politically that our country uh, makes the choice for uh, does not make the choice of fear. I agree. Uh, fear and hate never takes you down the right road. Mm-mm. It never takes you down the right road. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just I hope we, as a country, uh, make the choice for progress and uh, working together, loving one another, or at least tolerating one. At another. least tolerating. I can I can get behind that 100. percent Dave, what do you have coming out? What 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 can people? How can people engage with you? Uh, in- well, you can uh, you know check me out on Facebook, uh, Dave Fenoy. Um, you can if you're interested in uh, voiceover classes, uh, voiceactingforgames.com. Uh, right. You can visit my website as well, DaveFenoy.com. Follow me at Dave Fenoy. Uh, just Google Dave Fenoy. I'm in there. <laughs> I am so in there, uh, and. I try to uh, engage as much as I can mm-hmm. with fans and also uh, voice actors and people who want to, you know, just engage. Uh, I do stay pretty busy, so it might take me a minute to get back to you, but uh, I do. Uh, I like to think of myself as somebody who um, just kind of regular. Mm-hmm. Just kind of regular. Well, you're. Uh, it's. It's. I've been so grateful to be blessed with your friendship, and ah. and I'm just so happy to be able to come in and and spend a Wednesday afternoon talking talking stuff. Yeah. Well, Kip, I'll time. tell you, one of the best things about what I do are the people I get to work with, like you, Kiff. Oh, thank you. Because uh, you're a major talent, and uh, once again, we started talking about voiceover people being some of the nicest people in the entertainment business. Um, and so many are so supportive of yeah. their fellow talents, and you're one of those. And whoo-hoo! Thanks, man. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening, and we hope to uh, catch you again soon. Check out the website. Uh, there's a blog, and uh, it's all over voiceover.com, and we'll talk to you soon. Peace. Bye, Have kids. a great one. Bye. Thank you for joining us on All Over VoiceOver with Kiff VH. Please take a moment to review the show and let other folks know what you thought. And if you dug it, please subscribe. Follow the show on Twitter at AllOverVO and check out our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash AllOverVO with Kiff VH. That's it for this time. You get what you get and don't get upset. Claim victory and depart the field.